Welcome to Pioneering Today with me, Melissa K. Norris, where I inspire your faith and your pioneer roots. I show you how to grow your own food, heirloom gardening, how to preserve your food at home, and modern homesteading. Tune in every other Friday as I share proven strategies that anyone can do to live the pioneer lifestyle. Make sure to head over to melissaknorris.com and subscribe to receive free Pioneering Today articles and updates. So today we're going to be talking about using your pressure cooker to preserve the summer harvest like a pro. Now, I don't know about you guys, but August, mid-August to the end of September is the busiest time of year for us here on the homestead, putting up all of our food for the winter. Um, our growing season um, for all of our warm weather crops starts in May is when we plant. So about mid-August is when everything just comes shooting on um, and lasts for about a month and a half. So during that time, my pressure canner has a permanent spot on my stove. I don't even put it away in between uses because I'm using it usually daily, sometimes multiple times a day, kind of depending on where everything's at. So I wanted to give you a lot of my tips for using a pressure canner uh, to save you time and my tips that why I love the pressure canner and why I use it so much with preserving. So all of that will get you canning and putting up your food, I hope, like a pro. So the very first thing that I have to say when you get started with your pressure canner is you need to make sure that you have all of your supplies on hand. There's nothing worse than going out, um, you know, picking all of the food, bringing it in, prepping it, getting it ready to go, and discover that you're like three lids short. Um, so make, just go through um, now if you haven't. Make sure that you have plenty of lids on hand. And that you, obviously that you have enough jars um, and the rings. I don't know about you guys, but I never have a problem with having um, not enough of the bands. I The bands, because I take them off when I store the food, you shouldn't store um, your jars of food with the bands on, because then if the seal starts to pop, it's harder to see. And they also can rust if there's any moisture in there. They'll start to rust and you don't um, screw on as tight. So... I always have it like stacks of bands because I don't want to throw anything out of my canning supplies. And so I always have like these stacks of bands. So what I finally did was I got two big baskets and they're just filled with bands. One's with um, wide mouth and the other with the regular mouth bands because they're just always everywhere in my pantry. But for the lids, um, I always like to sure that I have enough lids on hand. And so I have to take in and play with both my wide mouth lids and my narrow mouth lids. Um, and I try to keep at least a year's worth of lids on hand, so that way if anything happens, um, I can't get to the grocery store, the grocery stores can't get supplied, but I at least have a year's worth on hand of lids. Um, and I just kind of do a rough guesstimate on how many jars that I put up the year before, and I always try to do a little bit more than I did the year before. That's always my own personal goal, is to put up more food than we did the year before. So I always try to, to just guesstimate that I have enough lids. So for me, I, I try to keep about two to three hundred lids um, on hand at all times, which means whenever I'm, you know, I'm at the store, that I usually will stock up um, wherever I'm running low on. So, and then this is actually going to segue into our reader question of the week. And the reader question of the week was, have I ever used the reusable Tatler canning lids? And I can probably say that I have. Um, I've been intrigued by the reusable Tatler lids for um, about a year and a half since I first heard about them. Um, now, regular canning lids, you cannot reuse. Um, you know, bonker, the regular metal canning lids are not reusable. 
Um, I've heard of people trying it before, but it's not recommended. You're not probably going to get a seal and suffer, and it's not safe. There's not enough rubber there um, on those for them to be reusable. So I don't recommend reusing regular penny lids, but the tower lids, they are designed to be reusable. So what they are is they have a thick, thicker um, rubber ring, and then they have a white plastic lid. And so the, the white plastic in both parts are reusable, and you need both of those parts, um, which they come that way together packaged. You can also reorder um, just extra of the bands, of, excuse me, not the bands, the rubber rings. So if for some reason you accidentally cut one of the rubber rings or end up losing some of the rubber rings, you can order those independently from the white plastic lid. But you get this um, packs together when you're first starting out, which is what I have. So um, I had heard about them and was really intrigued because that is one of the costs of canning. You know, my jars are reusable. I have canning jars that are, you know, I bought it. Um, garage sales, estate sales, my husband's grandmother has given me some of her jars, so I have some of my jars um, that I still use to can with are probably at least 30, 30 40 years old, some of them, um, and they, they're, you know, just fine as long as they're not nipped or have any cracks in them. So the jar aspect of canning is fantastic because I'm going to reuse them all the time, and it really cuts costs down. It's a one-time expense, or sometimes you can get them for free or find them at garage sales, but the lids have always been my ongoing expense. Um, so the Tatler lids I was really intrigued with, and but I had read a lot of the reviews on Amazon, and the reviews seemed to be about 50-50. Um, a lot of people said that they didn't seal for them, um, and then the other half of people just seemed to absolutely love them. So I was kind of torn. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to invest the money, because they are more expensive. A box of the lids is, um, I think it's about $11, which in comparison to the regular box, the regular canning lids, you know, those are more for me. Uh, about three fifty, uh, depending on where you get them, depending on you're on sale. So you know they're about triple the amount. But if you used them th only three times, we used them three times, then they would be the same. And then if you get to use them more than that, which they say you can um, use them average about fifteen to twenty times um, for the rings to get too too brittle and too old to reuse. They are excuse me, I keep saying rings and get the rubber gasket. So I was really torn because that's an investment. So. I waited until Tatler had them on sale last winter, actually, late fall. They had a, like a 50% off sale. And so I went ahead and ordered some of the wide mouth and the narrow mouth, and I just ordered a couple packs of each so that I could give them a try. I didn't want to invest in them too heavily in case I didn't like them. So um, I talked to some more Cami. Um, the Cami Diva, actually, she says that she uses them on some of her products, and she really likes them. She says that they feel they're really strong, and she's not ever had a problem with them. And she's another host on this Bible Mom Radio Network, um, where the Pioneer Today podcast is at. So you can go and check her um, stuff if you're really interested in canning. She has a ton of canning and different recipes. So um, I got the Tatler lids, and I did it actually with yarn. So if you want to look at pictures and all that, um, you can always um, go to melispinos.com, click on the podcast button, and then um, go through the episode. So this will be episode number 35, and we'll be on Kesha Canning tips to get you like to save time and get Kesha Canning like pro. So you'll see that there and you can click on that and you'll find links to everything. So if I talk about any recipes or any other resources, um, those will be there provided for you. So I hope that you go and check those out. So I will link to Diane, uh, the Canning Diva show for you. And so the Tatler lids are really cool. So you prepare your food just like you normally would and then you wipe the rooms clean and then you put down the rubber gasket. And then you put the white plastic lid down on top of that, and it's BPA free. 
Um, if he doesn't catch them regardless, the lids, but anyway, um, they are UPA free. And then when you put, you still use your metal bands, though, that you use with the regular tanning lids. Those you still use. So you put your finger down. This is where it's different. There's a couple things that are different, and you really need to know this, and that's why people have failures with the tap or reusable lids, because they try to use them like you would regular lids, and they don't work that way. So put your plastic lid down, and then you actually put your finger in the center of the lid to hold it in place, and then you screw the band down. Um, whereas with regular tanning lids, you hold the jar and screw the band down, but this is different. And the trick is, and this is the part where I think most people have their failure rate, is once it gets fingertip tight on the band, you loosen it, turn it back a quarter of an inch. These lids, um, they, you don't put them in tight in the canner, you put them in loose. So then put them in your canner, process as normal, and some of the liquid, and this is the way that they're designed, this is the way that they work, a little bit of, um, the liquid might leak out a little bit, uh, but it doesn't inhibit the seal because if you don't put it down, if you put it down tight, um, the jars can actually be, some people have said that they've had um, them explode or they just won't seal. So the trick is you just have to put them back a quarter of an inch loose and then put them in and process them normally and then take them out of your pan when it's done processing and put them on your towel on your counter. And then this is the part where I actually, and I still didn't, they all sealed just fine for me. But I didn't read the part where you take them out of the counter, uh, counter to immediately tighten the bands down tight. So my immediately was three hours after I took my jars out because that's when I actually read that part on the instructions. Like, oh no! But they still all sealed, um, so it was great. And I would recommend the first few times that you're using them until you really get a feel on on um, using them correctly and getting your seals to do them on things that can be frozen. So, for example, I used it on um, a run of uh, blueberry jam because that way if my seal didn't set, one would use the jar immediately and if they all failed, then I could stick them in the freezer. Um, and then I did a run of applesauce and I used them on the applesauce because if I needed to freeze it, then I could or I could just pour the applesauce out onto the dehydrator trays and make some homemade fruit leather. So while you're getting it all down, I would recommend um, that you, you know, do it on some foods like that. I wouldn't use it on my green beans when I was first learning the tattler with because canned green beans aren't going to be very good frozen and uh, they'll only last in the fridge for a little bit. So, but I really like the tattler lids. Um, I was, I was impressed and the seal was really good. And then the key is too is when you, um, when you're going with the, to take the lid off. You don't use a can opener like you would with the regular one because that can opener can either chip the plastic um, top or if it nicks and damages or cuts that rubber gasket, then you're not going to be able to use it and get a seal. So you just take a butter knife, something with a non-sharp rounded edge, and just put it under the lip between the glass and that rubber gasket and just kind of put it in there just a little bit and wiggle it back and forth and then you'll pop the seal. Um, and then this was the only thing that was really weird for me, and that I have to say that I didn't like about the tapper lid, and that was there's no ping. I love that ping when your jar seals and you take it out and you hear it pinging and you know they sealed. This is like music to my ears. So these don't ping, and the way that you check the seal is after the seal is set, so overnight, um, at least 12 hours, you actually lift the jar up by the lid, so you hold your fingertips on the edge of the white plastic lid and rubber gasket and lift it a couple inches off the counter. If it holds, your seal is set. If not, it'll come off right away and you won't be able to lift the jar up because it'll just come up in your hand. So that was the only thing that I wasn't too crazy about, but I did get to hear my lovely pinging on all my canning jars. 
But I love that they're reusable. Um, I just think that that's fantastic. So I'm slowly going to, when I'm going to keep my eye open for some more sales. And when I see those sales, which are um, on my Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash um, I post a lot of those deals and stuff that I find for myself, um, for my listeners and readers as well. So you can uh, like us there and you get those updates. So, so using your picture canner, um, you need to have your inventory just five on hand. Make sure you're good to go there. And then what I usually try to do is I try to do a batch a day. I'm one of those people where if I can do a little bit of something every single day, I have a much easier time of keeping on top of it than I do if I try to do like those marathons. Um, I've just never been good at that. So I just try to do a little bit every day. And your, you know, might look different than mine. So I know that when my green beans come on, which they uh, came on a week ago, I do a run pretty much every night until they're gone. So, and usually that's about, about two weeks. I usually put up about 80 jars of the green beans. And so that's usually about two weeks because it's um, in your pressure canner, depending upon the size of your pressure canner. Now for mine, I can do seven regular pints in a run, or I can do five wide mouth pints in a run, or four quarts in a run. And in my green beans, with the size of our family, I only do pints. We will go eat an entire pint at a meal. Um, Quartz is just too much, and then I have have it left over. So for us right now, with our size, I do all my green beans in pints. So you just mentally need to know that prepare yourself. During this time, it's going to be like four to six weeks, and you're going to be really hitting it hard. But that payoff is for a whole year. So I can really heavily, and I do other things as they come on seasonally, but my, the biggest time of my canning is from August to September, and I just know during that time that every night when I get home from work, I'm going to just do one run, and then on the weekends, if I need to, I can I can bump it up to two if I have to, um, you know, on that particular vegetable. So just getting yourself prepared mentally and knowing that that payoff is that your family is going to be eating, you know, healthy food, that you're building your real food, pantry up, and most times it's free. For me, other than the cost of the lid, all my homegrown produce, we grow heirloom, so no GMOs are allowed. Um, we can save the seed, so a lot of times I have no seed um, cost when I plant the garden, and then we practice organically. So I know that all of the food that I'm putting in jars from our property is totally organic, and other than the cost of the lid, which is something about 12 cents if you're using the regular lids, um, Health sense of for food, for organic food, that is amazing. And the stuff that you put up at home, because you're picking it off the vine right when you're processing it, and there's not that lag time, it actually has more nutrients and is healthier for you than anything that you can buy in the store. Um, so that's the beauty of growing it yourself and then putting it up immediately. So you know, when I go out and pick my green beans, they are rinsed, snapped, and in the counter usually within an hour. So you just can't get that from, from store food. Um, so I absolutely love that. It's one of the last you can meats and vegetables. So um, you, have, you have to use a pressure canner to safely can non-acidic foods, which is all of your vegetables, and to can meat. So um, you can water bath can jams and jellies. And if you want more info on that, um, you can check back, and I will link in it to some of our previous podcasts where we go over um, water bath canning and versus pressure canning and which is safe for what. Um, and so you can check that out in the resource section of this show. So we, um, I love my pressure canner. And I have to tell you, I use the raw pack method because I am all for saving time. Oh my goodness, I have to tell you. So if there's a tip that will save me time, I'm totally on it. But I can't ever sacrifice 
safety, and that's with pressure canning, uh, any kind of canning, you, you need to follow some set rules. So one of the beauties of the pressure canner is with the vegetables, most vegetables I should say, um, you can use the raw pack method. So raw pack is where you put the food in raw into the jar so you don't pre-cook it, and then you pour, you boil your liquid, and you pour that on top of it, and then you put it in the pressure canner and can it. So for me, that saves a ton of time. Um, so my green beans, the raw pack, um, the ones that, um, beets are one that you need to steam beforehand before you can them. Um, but most things you can do raw pack wise. So check out your manual and if most of them will give you the option, they'll see you do the hot pack or the raw pack method. Um, at least mine does. And so if it says I can do the raw pack method, I always do the raw pack method. And the interesting thing, especially on the green beans, is, um, we're just having this, um, discussion actually online and a lot of people had done the hot pack method um, instead of the raw pack, and they thought that the flavor was off and the beans were too mushy. So if you've had that experience, um, try the raw pack method. The beans, at least for us, have never been mushy, and the flavor is always phenomenal. Um, you know, my husband didn't grow up on home canned food, and so he didn't think he liked green beans until... <laughs> Until he met me. <laughs> um, and so then he, he tried um, the home canned green beans. And so every year, ever since we've been married, um, we've always done it that way. In fact, I've never bought green beans from the store. All I've ever used is home canned green beans. So the raw pack method is fantastic for that. And it saves a lot of time and it saves a little bit of food in your kitchen. Now, the other thing that I like to use my pressure canner for, and this is going to save you some time too. And I use my pressure planner for both applesauce, canning applesauce, and canning apple pie filling. Um, also along with all of my tomato products. Now, a lot of your tomato products, you can water bath can. So you can um, water bath stewed tomatoes um, and salsas because you add added vinegar or lemon juice into the recipe to a fat acidity level, which is the only way to safely can tomatoes. You used to be able to a long time ago water bath can tomatoes, but you can't um, without the addition of acidity, but now the strains don't have as much acid in them, so it's always recommended to add either vinegar or concentrated lemon juice. Um, and we went over that more in um, our previous episodes, so you can check that out as well. So I like to use my pressure canner because for me, my pressure canner only requires a quart and a half of water, um, six cups of water, whereas a water bath canner, you have to fill it all the way up to cover the jars plus about two inches. So um, it takes a ton more time for me to get my water bath canner up to a roaring boil. Plus it uses a lot more water um, and then it's processing time. So I prefer to use the pressure canner even for things that you can do in a water bath canner because it saves me so much more time. I can get my pressure canner up to pressure usually within like 10 minutes. Um, we have an electric stove. And so within 10 minutes I've got that up and then it's going. And in a, you know, survival type time or, you know, if you're experiencing a drought, if you're somewhere where there's drought or water issues, um, you might not have the luxury of that much water to use to can. So I love that the pressure canner wouldn't require that much water for you to use it. So for me that's a total plus. And like I said, I like to use it for my tomato products and I use it for my applesauce and my apple pie filling because it just cuts so much more time off for me. Um, I just, so I love my pressure cleaner, you can't tell. <laughs> and so I hope that all of you guys use it. And so another tip that I have is if, um, and this is really if in um, particular in the New York State cases, if you're not growing the iron at home. Now if you're growing the iron at home, most things, um, like my green beans, some starts to come on early, 
skin picked around when it first come on, and it's more of a, um, like I said, I can do it every day. But if you're harvesting it from somewhere else, you're probably going to go and get an entire box of peaches or two at once. And so when you get home, you have this huge um, batch that you're going to be doing at once because they're probably all ripe or at just about the same point of ripeness and need to be processed. So in those instances, if it's on the day that I'm going and we're actually harvesting ourselves, I'm not just going and picking up a box of peaches, but if I'm actually going out and picking them, so... Um, Oh, picking, you know, picking the fruit, and so this is if you're going to like a retail farm or something. I don't try and can it all on the day I harvest it, because that, you're going to make yourself crazy, unless you absolutely have to for some reason. So my best advice is to harvest the produce on one day, come home and put it in the fridge if needed, depending on what it is to keep it fresher, and then the next day, can it. So break, break it up, break it down into steps. And then my other tip is I always do an assembly line. Whenever I'm canning, um, all of the beans get picked at once, I wash them all at once, I strain and snap them all at once, and then I fill all the jars at once, um, you know, and then I fill it with the boiling liquid all at once, and then put it in your pressure pan. And it was the help of your family. Um, you know, my kids, even when they were one years old, I would strain the beans for them, and then I would hand them for them to snap. And there were some bigger pieces, you know, not fine. I could go through if they were really bigger and snap them. Um, and now that they're older, they string them and snap them right along with me. Um, and I've also noticed too with the kids, if you, if they know why you're doing it, um, you know, for their health, to help them for the winter, um, to save money, um, you know, all of those reasons. Plus it, it creates a family unit, it creates a bond. So whenever I'm canning, I always ask the kids for help. Um, you know, right now then, um, my son is nine and my daughter is five, and so they still, I don't know if he, my daughter loves to help actually. Um, I don't know if my son actually loves to help, but he still does it without complaining. Um, and it's great because we sit and talk, you know, as we're doing it, and it's a time to bond as a family. And a lot of times, um, my husband gets home from work before I do, and so he will go out and pick the beans, and then when I get home, um, then we'll all sit and snap them together. So that saves on time too. So if you can either break down some of the chores and give them out between the family members, that's a really big help. Um, but if everybody's pulling together, and that's kind of one of the things about, you know, um, the pioneer lifestyle and inspiring the pioneer roots, which is all what I um, tried to do with Pioneer today and atmosphere.com, is, you know, back then families helped families. And you were expected to work and you were expected to help. And it creates a sense of accomplishment and a sense of pride. And I can really see that in my kids when they, you know, when they help and they do something. Plus, I'll tell you the other benefit is if they help put it up, um, especially from, you know, seed to table. If they help with the planting and the curing the plants, harvesting and then putting it on the table or preserving it, they're much more likely to eat it. I only really noticed that with the kids. With the stuff that we grew at home, they felt a sense of ownership with it and they wanted to try it. Even if it was a vegetable before they turned their noses up or didn't really want to um, try it, I noticed that I didn't have as much trouble getting on them to finish <laughs> their vegetables um, on foods that we've grown at home. So I would really encourage you if you have kids, and it doesn't really matter what the age is, just to you know let them let them know why you're, you're doing it and that you need help, and include it as a family unit. Um, I think that's one of the, the biggest blessings actually with living this lifestyle um, and this time of year, even though it's crazy and hectic. We all like, seem to come together more because we're helping each other. So I really like that. And then my other bit of advice is with the pressure counter is. If you don't have a fresh can and you're looking to purchase one, get one um, that's a little bit 
bigger, if you're in, if you're looking between one that's on the smaller side and one that's on the larger side, I would say go with the larger one. And because for me, it really doesn't take any more time for me to fill up, you know, five more jars than it does, you know, if I'm doing like a, a wide mouth, depending on the, the vegetable or what I'm putting out. Um, I use the wide mouth usually like when I'm doing meats um, and, and larger vegetables or larger chunks of things, um, especially with pickling. I like that that's not water. That is water bath can, that was a pressure can. But for me to fill up, you know, three or four more jars of beans when we're out there picking, it's just picking a little bit more and snapping a little bit more, but it's the same amount of water and the same amount of processing time. So I would tell you to get a larger pressure canner, get the one that's a little bit bigger if you're looking between the two, because it's easier to do, you know, ten jars than it is, you know, at the same time than it is five. In fact, um, my pressure canner that I have, I purchased before we had kids, so it was just me and my husband, and so, like I said, I can do four quarts at once, um, five wide mouth pints and seven regular pints, and I wish that I had a larger one, so I have my eye on one, um, but right now mine still works, it gets the job done, and we're, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to purchase a new one yet, um, but I definitely will purchase a bigger one, and had I known, you know, that, you know, within a couple of years we have kids, and my kids get larger, and Especially my son hits those teenage years and is going to be eating more. Um, I'll, I'll be getting a larger pressure canner. So if you're kind of going back and forth between the two, I would say go for the larger one um, because it, it's just easier for me to do large ones uh, than it is small ones. Um, and then another thing is this time of year is so crazy busy for me. Like I said, both my husband and I still work outside the home, um, and so sometimes it's really hard to fit everything in. So when, um, like for instance, we have um, blackberries, the blueberries just got done, um, but blackberries are coming on. And so with the blackberries, berries are something that you can freeze and actually make jams and jellies, syrups with later. And actually it's preferable for them to be frozen because they release their juices better a lot of times. So if you are crushed for time, throw those berries in the freezer and then deal with them later this fall when you don't have so much going on with the regular produce from the garden. So that is one of my, my biggest tips. And then another thing is with apples, apples make excellent storage crops. And so a lot of times if I get apples, um, you know, if I'm really busy with the other things coming on, I will store them where it's, um, you know, in the, in the dark, check on them, taking that old adage when that apple will spoil, spoil a barrel. Yeah, it's true. But I will keep the apples in you know, for a week or two until I can get to them, especially if I'm doing applesauce and apple pie filling. So, um, you know, if it's fruits and that kind of thing that you can put up to do later while the vegetables need to be done more immediately, then I definitely do that. And then another time-saving tip that I have is when the tomatoes are all coming on, you might not have time to let them simmer down to make all of your sauce at once, um, especially like tomato paste, something that needs to cook for a longer time to reduce down. So what you can do is pan them up into stewed tomatoes. You can freeze tomatoes too, but quite frankly, I don't have enough room in my freezer <laughs> with the um, with our beef and the pigs um, and then the fish that we put in in the fall. Um, I don't have enough room for a lot of um, frozen tomatoes, and so I will pan stewed tomatoes. And stewed tomatoes are super quick to do in a pressure canner. Um, all you do is blanch them to get the stems off, so you just peel them. And then um, I just half mine and then put them in. And then in a pressure canner, it's just at five pounds of pressure um, because it's something that can be water bath can as well, but it's easier for me. So a lot of times I will just toss those in um, and do a whole bunch of stewed tomatoes because it's faster. And then when I want to make sauce or I'm cooking a dish, 
then you can just use those stewed tomatoes, open those jars up, and kind of create your sauce right then for, you know, spaghetti, for doing pop spaghetti or whatever it is that you need your sauce from. You know, you can uh, puree them up, add your spices and that kind of stuff, and cook them down at that point. So that's one of my big time saver tips, um, is if you don't have time to do all the sauces with your tomatoes, just go ahead and get them canned and stewed tomatoes, and then later when you have time, you can open them up, you know, for a recipe or whatever. Um, if you do have time, then I definitely would say, you know, go ahead and do it to matching your tomato, um, tomato sauce, spaghetti sauce, um, you know, that, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and then another thing is, one of the things is you get um, salmon, actually. And so I like to do, I like canned salmon, especially smoked canned salmon. So we will um, put the fish in the freezer first, and that's because um, frozen fish is actually accepts the brine better when you go to smoke it. And so kind of the same thing like with the berries. If you're getting a lot of fish, if the um, rains in the river are coming in this time of year, just go ahead and freeze them and then know that you can come back later and then you can can them. So, um, you know, just know that you're going to do a little bit every day and just try and, and parcel it out. And, you know, as much as you can do, feel good about that. If you didn't get in quite as much as you wanted or as much as your name was Sally Sue, um, don't worry about that. Just be proud of what you can do and just know that you're going to be doing something. It's a busy time of year right now, but it's going to slow down and will all be worth it in the long run. So if you have any time-saving tips or any special planning tips, I would love to hear them, and I know other listeners would like to hear your tips as well. So if you go to mostpnrs.com and click on the podcast button and then bring up this episode in the comments section, I would love to see what tips that you have to add. And also, so excited, we have a huge giveaway, a number of bloggers and I, and so it runs through, um, through this week, it gets over on um, August, oh goodness, I believe it's the 20th. Second. So if you're listening to this, get over right away to mostpnrs.com and I have eight tips for keeping sane during the preserving bounty season and there's a giveaway for a food saver vacuum sealer and a stainless steel water bath canner and then a whole bunch of other um, things as well, canning supplies and preserving the bounty. So you want to get yourself on over there and enter. And then I also have um, the Ultimate Home Food Preservation Resource Guide, which is totally free. It has over 80, almost 90 different um, recipes, tutorials, and guides to getting you um, covering all aspects of home food preservation. So get yourself on over there and get your free copy, and I'd love to hear from you. And make sure to head over to melissaknorris.com to subscribe for free modern homesteading updates to help you live the simple life.